Camp Bulletin! If you'd like more from Camp, we'll now be posting bonus episodes on Patreon. And if you'd like to represent Camp, I've created some fantastic designs for t-shirts, mugs, tote bags, bunch of stuff, all available now on TeePublic. There's kick-ass Hocus Pocus merch, super classic stuff that looks like it came from a real camp store. My personal favorites are a 90s-style marathon t-shirt I made for a Halloween fun run at camp, like something your mom would work out in, and the 80s-style Desert of Maine design of my dreams I had to make real. I'll continue to add designs for different seasons and show references, so check back often. If you have a ghost story you'd like to share, please email us at letterstocamp at gmail.com. And finally, if you have a minute, throw a rating and a review our way. Alright campers, head to the campfire. It's time for the show. Welcome to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. My name is Katie Wiggins. And I'm Morgan Campbell. So I made my own pumpkin spice sauce for coffee. Ooh. It was condensed milk, pumpkin, pumpkin pie spice, and a simple syrup of water and sugar. Yum. It was better than any pumpkin spice latte I have ever had. <gasps> Tasty, because I feel like the bottom like third of a of a PSL is uh, <gasps> is is toxic matter. It is undrinkable. <laughs> so bad personally <laughs> um, to me. Uh, that's what it feels like. So, but this it. concoction, it's way more subtle. It sweetens the coffee, so you don't need to add sugar or anything. You just I nice. just added a little more half and half because the condensed milk already like basically creams it delicious subtle true pumpkin flavor the recipe is online for this the specific one that uses condensed milk because they don't always and the condensed milk is Mm. key so that was definitely a win oh that sounds so good i've been doing chai tea with a oat pumpkin milk like a pumpkin oat milk froth top little tea latte very good Mm -hmm. Good. It's good to be in this time of year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this morning it was so romantical. I walked out and it was like it was like 70 degrees and <gasps> I had just not felt cool air in what? so long. I literally walked out and it was the Mary Poppins wind <gasps> in the east. Oh my Something's god. Something's new coming right. It was hot here. Not well, fair. Well, I mean it I swam today. It was obviously <laughs> very hot today. But in the morning, like usually I wake up mm. and it's like, "Good morning, Austin. It's a toasty 86 here. It's 7:30 mm-hmm. in the morning." Like, yeah, it's it's usually really fucking hot. And this morning it was just like for a brief moment. Ugh. There was a twinkle in the air and it Hope. was slightly cooler and that was that was just beautiful. I love that. Yeah. It, this might be the weekend I decorate. <gasps> Morgan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a mm-hmm. big deal. I just got a shot of dopamine just thinking about this. I'm a little freak. <laughs> um, so tomorrow morning early, 
Ian and I are going to Germantown. Um, <gasps> East Offenbach. Because we have to get a cookie jar for the cookies. So we're going to the German part of Central Texas, uh, which is, <laughs> you really have to, like, try to avoid it. Um, you it's, do. It's a, and I do. <laughs> You can't take a step without being baked into a kolache here. Mm. And, um... Hell yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to, like, some, like, <laughs> German pottery, German ware stores in the, like, New Braunfels area tomorrow because we need a cookie jar and maybe a gnome. And, oh, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so I I'm pretty excited for that. That's so exciting. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. Yeah, I um, think so. prepare to be jealous. I'm going to medieval times tomorrow. They have those here? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah they do. And it's very pricey. But what? I think I get a crown. <laughs> Wait, and, and you go and sit in an arena and watch people joust and do skits? I think so. There's I'm not interested in any part of it. I don't want to eat with my hands. I don't want to watch them on their horses and fight. I, but I, there's a torture museum. I was and just I'm fascinated by ancient torture. There is a torture museum in Florida. I think. I mean, not that. I mean, maybe it would be as as expensive to get a flight to Florida to go to medieval <laughs> times in the, the Dallas area, but uh, there's a torture museum. Museum in Florida, and I was trying to get some information on it because I was like, "Oh, maybe I could do an episode on on this museum." But they were literally like lock and key. Like the website was literally like, "Are you brave enough?" <laughs> and and I would just be like, "Oh well, can you tell me about some of the some of your collections and some of your you know academic work?" And they're like, mm-hmm. "You're too scared." <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait, okay, so they're, they're I." I guess I just have to fucking go. Yeah, you gotta go because to I can't find any information about your collection <laughs> at all. Uh, it's well, just I'll report back on the Dallas down. Torture Museum in the medieval times. I'll let you know if it's any good. Yeah, I'll be. Is that a permanent structure? The Torture Museum or the Medieval Times? Yes. Huh. It's Thank- a castle I drive by. <laughs> You're kidding me? Are you serious? No, right off the freeway. Hmm. 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 <laughs> I thought that was just a thing for like struggling New York actors to go to New Jersey and do that. <laughs> I did not realize Medieval Times was like everywhere. It's, it's going to be struggling Dallas actors. Ooh. All right. Uh okay, so the story that I am going to be telling today is really fucked up because I thought we might be getting like a, you know, an audience that isn't usually our typical audience, you know. People that are like interested in hearing some really fucked up ghost stories because it's this Hell time yeah. of year. Um, so I went to my I think this might be maybe my favorite like interview style ghost show show. It's the haunted Death Rises, the one about that involves pets. It was the Animal Planets. Yes. I was thinking about that show today. I was like, wouldn't that be funny if I did an episode on it? But I was like, it's not mine to do. I need Katie to report it to me. Yeah, my scent is all over it. Um, <laughs> I love The Haunted Death Rises is is my favorite. The, the stories are always so dark and fucked up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is season one, episode two. And it opens with like a mystical music. Sounds a little Prince of Egypt. 
it's like, and it's like animals are commonly believed to be more sensitive to spirits than humans and have often been the subject of the most intense paranormal hauntings. So we're in Scott Township, Pennsylvania, and the whole crux of this show is that they're a regular, you know, interview, one-on-one ghost show of people telling their experiences and their experiences always in some way relate to animals. So the owners of a software company are looking to expand their business and their premises. Hmm. In 1993, this guy, Steven, starts the software company. He's your typical, like, man in tech, a little Hmm. dead behind the eyes, but um, (laughs) ultimately very curious and very hardworking. Mm -hmm. My partner is one such man. Same. Um... We love a man in tech, um, but they do <laughs> need the boys personalities tech. like ours um, to balance that deadness. <laughs> so they wanted, so Stephen is like, I want, I don't want to put my place in just like a rectangular, you know, shiny windowed building, office building. Like I want mm. our space to have some character. So he finds this big corner brick property with a for sale sign out in Scott Township, Pennsylvania. So it's like really inexpensive. And he thought it would be more interested in working in your standard office building. So Rick, who is Steve's cousin, is their corporate controller. And he thought that it was an insane idea. It was a massive space. They only have, like, what, 10, 15 employees? Like, they could not fill this space that they tried. Mm -hmm. And no maintenance had been done on it in probably 40 years. Oof. What a combo. So Rick decided to research the building at the local historical society to get a sense for its history. And it was called the Blakely House for the Insane. Uh. And from about 1919 until the early 1950s, it had housed thousands of mentally disturbed people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before that, it was actually established in the 1860s as a poor house. And and it was just like a standard, like, colonial two-story house. And then it was eventually way renovated into this gigantic Mm -hmm. multi-winged brick building uh, as an asylum essentially and then some like weird scientific corporation had bought it before them and that's who they had like bought it from Hmm. and the price was right Mm, sure but is it worth it and in the space there definitely was evidence of its past no so the stairwells the the stairs that like go around and up like an mc escher uh drawing you know like mm, like a, it's yes. like a column like a jenga setup mm-hmm. uh they had like bars every few levels to just like across the center mm-hmm. to prevent people from committing suicide there is an unfinished portion of the basement and it was really dark and dingy and there were two isolation cells down there with like really small peepholes oh. just to like check in that's so upsetting. But luckily, the rest of the basement was filled with more stuff. There were two dozen stainless steel cages down there. 
big enough to hold large animals. And there were tons of glass vials and beakers and Bunsen burners all over the place. It was like fully set up as if it was just like a scientific testing place that was just Mm. abandoned one day. Weird. And they had heard rumors that before they had purchased it, it had been used for animal testing in the pursuit of the cure for arthritis. So they do a little cleaning before they move in. And when they move the cages, they find dog bones. And I don't know if they mean bones for dogs or bones of dogs. (laughs) They do not specify. (laughs) Clumps of hair, rawhide, like the chew bones like Mm. the things that gets tied up in knots that dogs chew on Mm -hmm. and they found like stacks of photographs of rats being dissected on the lab tables (sighs) something i appreciate is in a horror setting finding photographs of something terrible happening in a space that you are now in so it's just that's like pretty cool. A little portal <laughs> into the past of the space that you're in. It's just like, oh my god, that's that chair. That's that table. Yeah, I love that. They had also heard rumors that it was haunted, but Rick claims that he was from a strong Catholic family. He's apparently from the same family as Stephen, their literal first cousins. Yeah. And that they didn't believe in ghosts as a result, which I think is like not a justification. Catholic folks no. very often believe in ghosts. Yes. Okay, so it's time for move-in. When they move in their, like, tiny little company, they all begin to have, like, small, eerie experiences that they can't explain. Creaks and bumps. The structures, you could sort of explain it away as settling. But there was just a general feeling that, like, they weren't alone. Everyone sort of felt like they were looking over their shoulder just like kind of creepy yeah off-putting they had a great security system these are tech boys they love Mm. to they love to get the wiring out they really do (laughs) great security system and there's motion center sensors all over the building and at the bottom of the steps near the solitary confinement cells in the unfinished part of the basement the sensors were always going off Lieutenant Jared Gantz, it was a police officer, he confirms that they had been dispatched to the building 34 times from the sensor in the basement. And every time it was totally secure, there was no one there. He says that it's normal for a building to have about three accidental dispatches like a year, not 34. Oh my god. I wonder if any of the officers that went and checked on it had any creepy feelings. I bet they did. Yeah. Spooky basement. Because a lot of the police officers on the show Paranormal 911 Mm. are people who have responded to, like, quote, accidental tripping of motion sensors in big spooky buildings like that. I love that. So they rewired it. They replaced that section. And still that sensor always goes off. So the only thing that they could do moving forward was to deactivate it. Yeah, that's wild. So one night, Stephen is working late, and he's working with this cat named Smitty, who he keeps around for company. Why? And for some godforsaken reason, he is working in the basement, which I don't understand. It's like, why would why, you ever choose that? Why would you bring down your Dell into the basement? <laughs> like, I don't... 
I don't get I don't want to sit next to where I found bones in the isolation rooms. No. So Smitty is like a slow and lazy big cat. Like that's good. Th- this is the aura around Smitty. Slow moving, sweet. What color? Uh, I think it's like a ginger cat. Short hair? Yes, Morgan. I believe it was a short hair cat. I only. This, I gotta. I'm, you gotta set the scene. I, I gotta just, see the cat. I'm just going from the uh, cat that they cast oh, the, in the, the recreation. In the recreation. Cat. So, I mean, I don't know how accurately they kept. I would love to see the headshots of the other cats to see who was turned away. Maybe we'll get a better sense of Smitty's appearance. So. Working with Smitty late at night. It's like one of those mm. lo-fi YouTube videos where it's just like, mm, mm, hell mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Except for it's in the worst environment you can imagine. <laughs> it's not like a cute girl with big headphones, like <laughs> writing on a desk with a rainy Tokyo window outside. Yeah. It's like clobs of hair and, Bones and dissected <laughs> rat <laughs> sections. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, suddenly something startles Smitty, and Stephen turns and looks and sees a huge dark shadow walk down (gasps) the hallway. It was smoky, ten feet tall by three feet wide. (gasps) Yeah. So that's like a mega industrial refrigerator. (laughs) The ghost of a fridge. Mm, Smitty or a hot air balloon deflated significantly. (laughs) Smitty ran faster than Stephen had ever seen him run in the opposite direction. So, like, Smitty is out. Oh, shit. After that, Stephen decided to keep Smitty away from the premises. And that maybe is a better idea to keep this kitty out of there. For some reason, he didn't extend the same logic to himself. I'm saying! (laughs) He's like, the cat deserves better. (laughs) Me, I'll sit here in the basement with my Dell. You know, I think that was an upsetting experience for the cat. I'll amend it. What the fuck, Steven? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And also the fact that he is a man in tech and he was like, oh, it was this massive, like as wide and tall as a standard hallway shadow moving through. Like the fact that he even saw that and describes it, I feel like adds veracity Insane. to his claim because he is so the type of personality that would not entertain that as a notion. Totally. So, so much was happening to the employees that Rick began keeping a log of unusual experiences. He's the corporate controller. I don't know what that means. Uh, I would do that. I have an Excel spreadsheet of ghost activities. <laughs> he says that it's his personality as like an accountant mm. that he just like documents things and keeps them in order, which I appreciate, Hell you know, yeah. like a ship's log. And he was still a skeptic. And he had had no experiences of himself in this place. Mm. But he was documenting other people coming over and being like, man, something just... And then he would just be like, okay. And then add it to his little log. Mm. Interesting. One night he was working late by himself and he was painting. So when they say working late, they might be like refurbishing the space. They may not be mm. hunched over their Dells. Click clack in a way. Yeah. Um, over their giant beige boxes. <laughs> so he's working late, he's painting, and he makes his way to the lab area. And he hears an extremely loud hiss, like a giant cat. And he's 
shocked, like scared out of his mind and gets the fuck out of there. Good. Good. And then is like February 26th, (laughs) 11 a.m. Heard hiss, scared out of wits, left immediately. Ran home. (laughs) Ran. Big cats. Uh, Or like a. They tested on big cats and it's the ghost of a mountain lion? After the incident, he did not want to be alone there again. And he began looking over his shoulder much more frequently. So more employees are coming to Steven saying that they feel weirdly depressed in the building and like angry and agitated for no reason. That's corporate America, baby. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, you're employed. (laughs) So Steven and Rick are determined to find answers and they turn to the Pennsylvania Paranormal Association headed by Mark Keyes, who I've mentioned before. He sort of has a mousy look to him. I'll never forget his face. And they're good people. They're good investigators. The PPA people are good. Mm. So they bring in a police-trained canine, Ben, as well as lots of cameras and voice recorders, and they do several nights of investigations. So Ben used to be on the force. With his former police partner, Joe, who is human. And in a work environment, they're extremely sensitive to each other. Ben, like, won't hardly take a step without Joe indicating that he should or directing him to Mm. or going first. Like, they're very in tune. And this dog is not, like, skittish or jumpy or going his own way. Like, they're very... Professional. They're a unit. They're very profesh, fully. That dog probably has a more impressive resume than I do. Same. Definitely. But those dogs don't have the room to have, like, a big personality. Because they're so, like, submissive and just follow orders all day. Is, like, a very well-trained dog, like, do you think that takes away personality? I've seen it a couple times. Like, super well-trained dogs. They just... Oh, who had a weirdly well-trained dog? Oh, in Gilmore Girls, when she dates this guy who plays Herkabee and Malcolm in the Middle... He's a national treasure, that actor. And Mm. he has a dog who's so well-trained, it, like, freaks Lorelai out because it'll just sit and it looks like a statue. And he'll be like, Rufus, turn around. And then the dog will just, like, scoot and face the wall. (laughs) Somehow it didn't make it less weird for them to make out with that dog facing the wall. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway. So they begin their investigation with Ben and Ben is just like chilling on the ground, just like excited and mouth out and kind of panting, but in a relaxed excitement. And they ask any spirits there to call the dog's name. Nothing happens. Interesting. I know, right? Isn't that a good idea to just like bring in a super well-trained dog or like, I don't know, a parakeet, something that follows orders. I have never encountered an animal to do so, but um, I'm sure they exist. (laughs) And just like having the having that be like your spirit box, I would trust that more than like a That's dope. Yeah, the, the yeah. super loud or like the thing that does like the dancing skeleton. Uh, the the, oh, stick, yeah, the figures. Like, stick person. They're like yeah. you've got a figure in the upper right corner. It looks like it's doing a native dance. 
I love that shit so much. It's so dumb. I feel like there's a lot of ghosts who would be very responsive to animals. It's an interesting They're like, interact with this animal. Mm -hmm. So nothing happens for a beat. And then they're like, oh, the, excuse us. The dog's name is Ben. And then suddenly Ben jumps up and goes running down the hallway towards the stairwell. And Joe is shocked. And Ben continues to sprint down to the animal research section of the basement. This is really unusual behavior for Ben, who normally would hardly shift at all without, like, the body language or command of Joe indicating that, like, okay, we're changing rooms or we're doing something Mm -hmm. different. For Ben to just, like, tear off into another direction is, like, really weird. So the entire team follows Ben to the basement. Love when a bunch of adults just, like, follow (laughs) an animal to the paranormal. It is... Really Beautiful. one of the most mystical experiences you can have in 2021. <laughs> so Ben had the dog has sprinted down to the animal research section of the basement. Joe is like scandalized because Ben never does that. So the entire team follows Ben. They do like an EVP sesh and they're saying, is there anything that you would like to say to us? Are there any spirits here? And they capture a very clear whisper of, scare him. When when goes to, like, threats on EVPs. Okay. So it sounds like a group. So the EVP said, scare him. Like, let's scare them. So there's multiple entities and they're So it's like they're like a group that's like, let's fuck with these assholes. These tech, (laughs) these men in tech. Um, these men in STEM. I am a woman in STEM. I am. Are you? Math. Do you do? Is that what you're, you do? That's my degree. Yeah, but are you in STEM? Once you're, once you're in STEM, you can never leave STEM. Oh, once you're initiated? (laughs) Not by choice. No. I'd like to leave. (laughs) Let me out, please. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, So... They get this incredible EVP that very clearly says scare them. And they're like, uh, okay. So then they relay this information to Rick and Steven and they're shocked by what they found. And PPA, the Pennsylvania Paranormal Association, are pretty positive that the space is haunted. So they bring in their psychic medium, Barbara Mackey, who works as an investigator for missing persons and aminals. And That'd aminals. be a great drag name. Barbara Mackey? Yeah. Like Bob Mackey? Barbara Mackey? Do people know who Bob Mackey is, though, in the drag community? Yes. Wait, so who is Bob Mackey, then? He made a lot of dresses. Like, he did a lot of share dresses. He did a lot of big, yes. like, costumes. Oh, I was, I was thinking of the... Donna Summers. Bob Mackey's music world. The uh, guy who did the like haunted there's like the portal to hell and Ghost Adventures went there yes. and now it's a famous location. Not that I was, guy. I was like the drag community knows about that guy. <laughs> um so, the costumer. Yeah, it makes it makes way more sense to the flamboyant costumer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who made like all of the great stuff for Cher. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Uh, so she is like a legit psychic, or so we are told. Mm. Uh, she's a blonde woman with some very intense lip liner. Of course. That's fine. I have no problem with that. 
if you're a psychic in the 90s and early 2000s, you have to have a funky vibe. You do. You really and that's do. All. So Barbara says, I felt like I just wanted to run from the building oh. the moment she walks in. She didn't know any history of the place. She had never seen a photo of it. Cool. She just walks in and is like, Ugh. she was talking about rats, dogs, cats, anything they could get their hands on. Believe me. There was so much hell here. Oh. She's talking about animal testing. She picks up on that and she's like, they kept them in pens. They didn't feed them. They didn't give them water. They suffered. It was inhumane. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, And then when they went to the solitary confinement room, she says, they kept people in here, didn't they? Oh, my God. They would die right in here. Oh, my God. They wouldn't even know they were dead. They were all screaming at the same time and people just forgot they were down here. They just left them here for days, for weeks. <gasps> and then she says, I believe they were incinerated too. And then one of the people with her was like, there was an incinerator that was back over there. Oh. And she, So she just keeps like shaking her head and saying, oh my God. That is so Oh my sad. God. <laughs> just walking around. Oh. I don't know why I like jovially said just walking around that this is this is um this is bad it's this bad. Is bad and you stuff. know back in that time there were so many people wrongfully put in those places oh absolutely even when they framed it as like a this housed like the mentally disturbed i'm like well uh pro- probably a lot of them were but <laughs> because like, of this place <laughs> yeah you used to get uh institutionalized for very little yeah, um, a woman had an opinion. Get very, on there. Very recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, they used to, it, it's really, I've actually, like, kind of intentionally not learned about the topic because I find it just it's so awful. troubling to imagine that we, like, exist in the same universe where people were just, like, thrown in institutions and just forgotten about for mm. just no reason. And there have been studies and people have proven and shown like that like journalists and people who are like ostensibly sane don't suffer from mental illness and they go into these places and normal behavior like there's basically no way no way to be perceived as sane mm. once you are in these places like yeah. uh one man like went in uh sort of undercover and he was just like journaling every day and like he was part of his like psychosis was described as writing behavior like normal you know behavior is chalked up to being a symptom of insanity or instability so there's like once you're in this place you can like no longer be perceived as sane or fit to work in society and and gosh spending time in this place you would slowly no longer be sane so barbara told the team that there were a lot of stuck spirits there, human and animal, looking for any way that they could to get out. She said, I never felt anything as depressing as this place. But despite the advice of others, the men continue to work alongside the spirits. Boo! Go home! I hate these guys! So I tried to do some research on 
this place and like what's going on there now and they have had like halloween nights in the past few like as recent as 2017 they have like hosted things for halloween for people to come in is this the same software company i don't know i don't think i i really don't know okay and then i wanted to show you i found a website that uh like a halloween.com website that was like (laughs) we have we're the one-stop shop for all things spooky and uh they had said like this ghost bird was captured at the blakely house in pennsylvania i'll show you Ooh, um yeah. this ghost bird uh i i i don't <laughs> very I rare don't. so i just sent it in the chat um <laughs> that's insane <laughs> It looks like something inspirational my grandma would post on Facebook with, like, a The Lord is Good caption. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It does it does definitely look like some kind of flare on the camera. Um, It also does sort of look like a bird. Yeah, I see the bird. I see a bird for sure, but... Um, I don't know substantial if a bird would have... evidence of the paranormal it is not. Can a bird haunt? Can a dove haunt? Looks like a dove. According to country singers everywhere, doves definitely can haunt you. Um, in a paranormal sense, I do not know. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, so if you want, <laughs> next time you, if you guys are back to work or spending any time in the office, you go back to your sleek rectangle of <laughs> corporate malfeasance. <laughs> uh, be grateful yeah. that you don't work in a former asylum with a lab with as many like themed horrific rooms as like a Halloween haunted house that goes up once a year in a field. There's literally like yeah. a mad scientist room, a solitary yeah. confinement room, a, a male led software engineering company room. <laughs> <laughs> Truly terrifying. It's like a very scary space. <laughs> Not safe. Don't bring Depressed your cats. workers. <laughs> That's insane. I can't believe they stayed. I can get that return on investment. That's fair. I can't believe they bought it. But I mean, yeah. it's right up. I've worked for, I've nannied for people whose dads are like this. They just get kooky ideas and they're super they stubborn. And then they're yeah. just like, yeah, this has got to be it. And it's like, you know, just because you talk in a monotone <laughs> does not make everything you say reasonable. I just have to say. <laughs> Why would they even bring out an investigative team if they weren't going to do anything about it? Why have the information? I mean, why did that guy create a log when he doesn't even believe in ghosts? I don't I, know. I, to get I love to the bottom of it. I love they just a list. Had to, yeah, and they love, a, they love an explanation. That's and now fair. that they have it, they're like, great. I can live in fear at work every day. I will continue to create a hostile work environment for my employees. <laughs> Complain to HR about the dog ghost. Can you imagine? I bet everybody was so happy to work from home. If this company is even still in existence. If it, if they're not, someone might still work there. Someone yeah. else might be in there. Yeah, work from home. They'd be like, okay. oh, hell yeah. Goodbye. Sad they're dog not, ghost? They're not coming back for their ficus that they left on their desk. No, they're I, gone. <laughs> I should have left my plant desk. It's dying here. I would love to meet a dog ghost. I hope she helped pass someone on. I don't know if she can. Yeah, I don't know. Someone that place to. might need to just be demolished. 
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this jaunt into the dark and freaky. Sad. Great. (laughs) Welcome to the spooky season, the Halloween half of the year. All right, have a spooky night. Filled with restless dreams. Of haunted themes. Bye-bye. corporate America, baby.